Haramai ki hauraki, he oute te a fair. Come to hauraki where the oute plant is undisturbed. No mai haramai. Welcome to this podcast series, Ma Poito Utukupinga Utaramai Nuku, Islands of the Hauraki Gulf. Rani Toto is a striking and iconic feature of the Hauraki Gulf. In this track, we hear from batch owner Lenny Sullivan and her daughter Catherine Wagner. They recall the history of the family batch and the life lived and loved on the island. The interview was with Susan Yoffe and is drawn from a larger set of recordings from the Rangitoto Historic Conservation Trust. The next excerpts come from an interview with Lenny Sullivan and her daughter Catherine Wagner at their batch number 14, Dinawari at Rangitoto Wharf, on the 7th of April, 1996. Lenny's mother-in-law, Annie Sullivan, bought the batch with her sister, Femi Macquarie, in 1925. At the time, Annie Sullivan was a widow with a 12-year-old son, Jack. Jack and Lenny married during the Second World War, and since that time, their families have enjoyed the batch. Perhaps you could uh, start by telling me how the batch came into your family. Well, my mother-in-law and her sister, Femi Macquarie, my mother-in-law was Emmy Sullivan, her sister was Femi Macquarie, had a shop in Parnell, a stationer's shop, and uh, they lived together. Uh, and um, they used to come down every Sunday afternoon and catch the boat down to Rangitoto, the ferry boat then, left Auckland, called it Araki, down to St Helios Bay and across here, then did the round trip back. But this was their outing, and they used to come down and go to um, Pooley's for afternoon tea. And they that was their high afternoon tea, you know, it was really mm-hmm. something, and they looked forward to that every week, and they did that year in and year out. Until so, uh, what period was that? Um, way back, and my husband was 12 at the time, I mean, they, had, they bought this, I mean, about 19... 25, mm-hmm. and uh, so they thought, wandering around here, and they thought, oh, maybe they could buy a little cottage here. Mm-hmm. So they found, they looked around, and there was one, Graham's one up here, and they were very keen on that, but they thought it might be a bit too exposed to the to the winds, so they settled on this little place, mm-hmm. and this is what they uh, thought, and they just loved it down here, but of course they had to have wanted something in the front to sit out in fresh air, so they so eventually, it, it was just um, the two rooms, uh, and there were two bunks, two beds in each room, and uh, they um, eventually put the veranda on, as soon after they bought it, so that they could have an extra. So what year did they buy it? 1928, oh. yes, mm-hmm. and they uh, um, built the um, veranda on so that they have extra place for entertaining, put the blinds around it, mm-hmm. and that was when they did that extension. Mm-hmm. And do you know who they bought it off? Mr. Killips. Mm-hmm. And he, was he the original he builder? Was, I would think so. I don't know yes. that much. Because, mm-hmm. uh, as I say, I'm the daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and came into it years mm-hmm. after. So, um, yes, they had... Uh, uh, the Killips were real fishermen, and it was a real fisherman's hut that stage. Right. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't so much as of a family batch? No, no. No, fishermen's place, yes. As right. many of the batches here were in those days. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, Alf Watson, one of the residents here, one of the batch owners, came along and built the veranda on oh, yes. for us. He built mm -hmm. quite a lot of the batches here, mm -hmm. uh, too. So. So the two sisters? The two sisters. And they came down and, and, they, and the then the son. Um, Annie, McCro Annie Sullivan's son was Jack mm -hmm. and his father died in the world, in the war. And uh, so of course um, the two sisters sort of brought him up and of course it was wonderful for him to get down here among the batch owners and fishing and all this sort of thing. Uh, it was a wonderful life for him. Right, so he had a lot of uncles and... Uncle, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yeah, that's right, yes. So, um, then of course they brought lots and lots of friends, very well, quite well-known people and quite popular sort of people, and they had lots and lots of friends, and they all came down, you know, to stay. It was amazing how they managed in such a little place. And... There was no, they cooked over the open fire in those days. Outside? No, inside. Oh, in, inside, inside yes. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so when you came, um, there were batches from the wharf all the way around? Mm. Yes. yes, all these original, they were all there. Yes. No, yeah, no, no they'd finished building by then. They'd finished building, yes, mm. of course. Mm. Yeah. So they were all uh, established. Yeah. And they, of course, the, their children, um, were all the same age as my little, my little ones, yeah. you know, and they all grew up together, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was like one big family here. Yeah. They all had the yeah, much the same age. So now we're all getting onto our eighties. Yes, which is <laughs> yeah. sad. So, what did you do on the daily? Always a trek along to the boat, see mm. who gets off the boat. Got off the boat. And always, we always had one rule here that the batch had to be cleaned by boat time. I didn't care what happened after that. So what time did the boat come? Ten o'clock. Ten to ten. Yes. So right. that we would get up at eight, sometimes nine o'clock, and what a rush to get the place tidy mm -hmm. by boat time. Across along to the boat and meet whoever's there, get the, your milk or whatever back. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you always, it was always a long trip along there looking at or meeting up with the people who have been fishing and seeing all the fish from the catch and measuring which one had the biggest fish and <laughs> the biggest, mm -hmm. best fish story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was, that took up a lot of our time. Mm. And then, okay, so you met the boat and... Mm. Have a chat or have a cup of tea somewhere else, a cup of tea with someone, uh, you know, swim. swim, yeah, and then, oh, we'd come back here and then go back for the swim. Yeah. Probably about six times a day we'd go along to the store. Backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, yeah. Mm. And where did you swim? Round at the pool. At the pool? Mm. Mm. All round the little coogee there. Yeah. Mm. And mm. mostly the pool because of the children. Mm. Mm. And, uh, oh, but there's always some story, you know, catch of this big catch or someone caught a big... Um, um, kingfish or someone caught a um, big stingray or something like that all the time there's always that mm. little bit of interest you know in the, or else there were boats going on rocks or we'd rescue them <laughs> always something happening down here yeah. mm. then we'd organise a fancy dress do or an evening of housey or something like that well you've got to run around the 
by telling everyone. It takes a far few day. <laughs> and where would this be? At the oh, hall. At the hall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We had dances and what have you. Um, we had, my husband was a pianist and he would play for some dances and Doris North was another one and she would play for some of the dances and uh, mm -hmm. you know, we had some really good shows down here. Mm. You'd sleep anywhere. But I remember we used to get up in the morning, go along to the boat, get the milk. When I was little, it would take the billy and get out of the milk churn, get mm. measured out, and we'd get a, pick a up a loaf of bread from the store or from the boat. It was the full loaf, you know, so part yes. of the pleasure of it was picking the top off the, the crust off mm. as you walked back. With it being such a long way, you couldn't resist, you know, yeah. the loaf got smaller. And then after that, we'd gather all the local kids, we'd gather them, we'd all go back, swim off the wharf or in the pool, back to the batches for lunch and then we'd gather each other again and off we'd go and do something. Um, be beach combing, trip round to Mackenzie's Bay. On, how, would, how would you do? Oh, walk. Uh -huh. Or else, um, there was the yeah. odd bus trip. Mm, up to the top. Up to the top. Carlisle was cleaning the pool. Oh, that was It was emptied fun. out, oh, three times a week. Three times a week? Yes, and we sweep all had to get around there with brooms yeah. and sweep it out. And Reg Noble would throw um, money, coins and small coins, thruppences or pennies or halfpennies. And you see, the idea was that that's why we all, that's why we all did it. We'd sweep. You see, you'd sweep like mad because then you'd, you'd get to keep the thruppences, which worked well for him because then we'd go and buy ourselves um, a chocolate fish or whatever, you know what I mean, from a stop, shop. You just got them all back. <laughs> he got them all back. But, the, but um, he also got the pool swept out regularly. There'd be about six in a line. Mm. Working down, scrubbing the all the brooms with these hard brooms, <laughs> and that was always an event, wasn't it? <laughs> so there were, it was seawater. Mm. We'd have to wait for the tide to go out, then you'd empty it and you'd sweep it out. You'd sweep it out the tide was going out. Nice. But it was a great place to grow up because it yes. was so uncomplicated, so undemanding. You didn't have to be anything or be anyone. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You didn't have to. Um, conform in any way or um, everything was uncomplicated it was just very free and easy have you sort of lived in rubber jandals and togs and um, with a towel around your neck you know and off you'd go wasn't it you didn't it was completely carefree you can visit the exhibition Ngāpoi tour to Kuping of Taramainuku the islands of the Hauraki Gulf at Tamaki Pātaka Kōrero, the Central City Library, from the 4th of March till the end of June 2021. If you'd like to hear more of what Auckland Libraries has to offer on our podcast platform, click follow to receive notifications when we publish new material. Hey Kona.